Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro, and um, we've got some fun things to talk about today. Um, I actually want to share something that's recently developed in my life that is actually painfully relevant to our subject for today's episode. I started working out like three weeks ago at the recording of this, and man, I am sore right now. <laughs> at the studio I'm in right now, we had to like walk up some stairs, and I limped and moaned a little bit under my breath as I ascended the staircase because my legs are in some juicy, painful place right now. <sighs> anyway, um, my brother-in-law was like, hey, you wanna work out with me? And I'm like, initially I'm like, absolutely not. Of course I don't wanna do that. <laughs> but I had been planning for like probably two months prior that I wanna get back in the gym. I used to do CrossFit, I did CrossFit for a year and it changed my life. I, was, I became very excited about that. It had this interesting like euphoric addicting experience to it. I was not expecting that. I heard that it, you know, it would, that would happen and then it did. And I was like, wow, what do you know? Um, but I also just known like, I need to move my body. I think for the last two years, I haven't really been in the gym. I, I mean, I, you know, play sports sometimes or whatever, but I wasn't like actively working on my fitness. So that was a goal of mine. And so when he asked me, I was like, I initially want to say no immediately, but this could very much line with line up with some goals I have. And he was going to do it anyway with or without me. So I was like, Ooh, this is, I think I want to do it. Um, and so we started going to the gym like three weeks ago together and we'll pick each other up every other day. We usually get up, get to each other around six o'clock in the morning, get to the gym. Um, and one of my biggest challenges at working out has always been like, I don't want to push myself. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to keep going when I, I can't breathe or when I feel like I want to throw up or I'm sweating or whatever. I'm just like, I want to stop, you know, which I don't want to admit that, but, um, if we're just being transparent here. Uh, but I've gotten to the point at this point in my rhythm where it starts to feel rewarding to push past that point and do some of the uncomfortable thing because of, of how I feel. Like I, I feel like more self-respect, <laughs> um, which I think is another thing I don't want to admit, but, um, I feel like my body feels, um, like hungrier almost like it's like pulling in. It wants more of whatever's happening. And so I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And anyway, so I feel more compelled and the motivation's there, which is great. Um, but I'm actively sore all the time now, which is interesting. It's a lifestyle choice. Uh, okay, anyway, I'm heading to Miami for like a week this next week. And I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? I just got to like do enough of my own workouts in my hotel room to get sore or something. I don't know. Anyway, listen, on today's episode, we're going to talk about productivity. Um, and I know that word sounds boring initially to a lot of us. I know for me, sometimes it can. At this point now, productivity is actually a really exciting term. The idea, the subject matter, I have a huge passion for. I really enjoy it because of what it's done for me and because of how I've seen that it's impactful and like result producing for people. I did not initially have a positive relationship with productivity. 
um, my dad, you know, let's go back a little bit. When I was like, a kid, my dad would like give me chores like weeding. I think weeding was like the worst chore of all the chores for me. Um, I don't know why. I think in my defense, there's a bit of a psychological like difficulty there. Um, I couldn't quite figure out what my, what my dad exactly wanted me to do. I couldn't see the end result. I actually couldn't see a completion to it. So it always just felt like there's a sea of green things I have to go find and take out of the ground and there was no end. So I had no like motivation to do it because I couldn't, there was, I, I'll be doing it forever, you know? And so I often just like gave up before I even started and would just start, start playing <laughs> behind my house or whatever. And my dad would always get so mad. Cause, and so he like became convinced that I was super lazy and that I didn't have any discipline, I didn't care or whatever. Um, and in hindsight, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't actually think that was ever true. I don't think that I was lazy. I think I didn't have vision. I didn't have like a complete picture of what like success could look like. And so I didn't have like the resolve to want to push past the things I didn't understand or I, I was uncomfortable with. Anyway, um, that took a while to figure out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't super fun for me at first. Like when I ever heard about habits and discipline and you know, setting yourself up with like systems and routine, like I always felt debilitating or like restricting. It never felt fun or inviting or like positive. And so I just avoided it as much as I could for most of my younger life in a lot of ways. And I don't think that that served me. I don't think that was awesome. Um, but somewhere along the way, uh, when I started finding things that I wanted to have happen in my life, it was shocking how disciplined I would become, you know, how consistent I would be and how productive I was. And so I remember like, I started experiencing results where all of a sudden making choices leading up to certain bigger payouts started becoming compelling. And I was like, I want to do these things. And once I connected emotionally in that relationship from what I do creates these results, the what I need to do started becoming really enjoyable. I started liking it. And so what I want to start off on the subject with is the subject of productivity and discipline is an emotional subject. You cannot just, a human being can't just force themselves to a routine or a rhythm. I think maybe a fraction of a percent of the population can do this and they're fine. The rest of us, for the most part, need an emotional attachment to why these activities matter. What, the, what it's going to produce, what it's going to do for us, what it's going to cause to happen. When we can connect to that, all of a sudden, the frustration and the difficulty and the discomfort that comes from restricting ourselves on purpose starts to feel rewarding, even while it's happening. Even when the result doesn't even show up yet, doing the task feels rewarding. It has this emotional payout and your brain like releases chemicals to like reward you for it. And, and that doesn't happen right away. So I want to say to you, those of you listening to this where productivity, you're kind of in the boat that I was in where productivity feels like a daunting, miserable, frustrating failure of a pocket of your life that you don't want to really look at or you're just going to kind of survive past. Um, take heart. If you can find a way to emotionally connect to the tasks that are going to produce the results you want, it might not be fun the first several times, but eventually you keep at it. Something is going to click in your personhood and you will start enjoying the task because some other part of you sees in the bigger picture how that task is relevant to your desires coming to pass, what you want showing up. And it feels fun. It feels exciting and rewarding. And there's an emotional reward. Another big aspect of this that I want to throw out, um, especially for those of you who are new to this subject, is timing or time in general is another factor. Delayed gratification is a massive value for people who are 
insanely productive and especially in the wealthy arena and people who you know have amassed massive organizations or whatever delayed gratification is a requirement you must be able to delay what you want um, and do the tasks anyway without an immediate reward in order to see a bigger payout in order for this to be significant right um, I learned that at a pretty young age because I didn't have a ton of money as a kid like my parents didn't give me an allowance we didn't have a lot of like exposable income nope disposable income I wasn't very exposed either <laughs> um, and so whenever I did get money for like birthdays or odd jobs or whatever I always like saved it with the intent of what am I going to invest this in and the thing I was going to invest it in was always like I wanted a longer term result so I didn't want to just have a good meal or just you know buy this random thing that's going to go away after a little bit. I wanted to put it into something that I would enjoy for like a long time or and many times over, right? So like for example, a video game would be worthwhile versus like nine bags of candy because the video game would last me, you know, hours of entertainment and I'd get to come back to it a bunch of times and it'd be really fun and it'd engage my imagination, it would expand my internal world, all that stuff. The candy was there momentarily, it was for my taste buds, it wasn't even good for me, and then it was gone, and I like, don't even remember it very much, right? These were not the same. I always had a value for the thing that would last longer. So when it comes to productivity, I think that's a huge um, principle there. Initially, it's gonna take longer for the habit or the value to like germinate and expand in your being, but if you stick with it long enough, eventually it won't be difficult. It'll start feeling compelling and it'll be fun and you'll have a positive relationship with that. If someone would have told me that that was true, I think I would have gotten on this train a lot earlier. I think if I had known what would have happened and that it wouldn't take forever and that it would be fun, I, w I could have attached hope to that and probably could have like done the tasks to get that to happen in my life. And it absolutely is true. But I was never told that. My dad and my grandpa were always like, it's like they enjoyed describing how difficult things were going to be. I don't know what that's about. I think that they took pride in the level of work and like grit they brought to their own lives. They both have like worked very hard in their lives and working hard has always been a value in my family, which I appreciate, but I never got a ton of, Hey, and here's what it's going to do for you. Here's how it's going to feel. Here's the fun, positive aspects of this experience. It was always, you got to do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I couldn't attach, and I'm a pretty emotional person, right? So I wasn't being motivated by the guys in my life who were teaching me what was important. So it took me a long time personally to get on this, on this journey. So if that's you too, if you're being raised by people who work really hard and don't know how to emotionally connect to the process of what it's like to be a human in this, um, maybe I could be that for you in this moment. It will get fun and it doesn't take forever. It doesn't take a long time. It just takes a certain amount of repetition. How many times, how long that's subjective. It, just, it depends on you. It depends on the task. It depends on what it's connected to. It depends on your connection with yourself and your self-awareness. But in a short period of time, if you're consistent and you continue to come back to the drawing board and do the task, eventually some part of you is going to click and it's like, we like this. Your body, your being, your processes, accept it. You're like brushing our teeth is a win. <laughs> seriously that's one of the things I hated brushing my teeth so for years I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do it I didn't brush my teeth for <laughs> for like years as a kid and I like told I lied to my parents and pretended like I did because I didn't want to do it and I don't know why like it's not that big of a deal I was not in the process I like and it wasn't in the habit of brushing my teeth 
Um, it just felt like work and it felt like I was losing. If I did it, it felt like I was losing at life. Like, oh, I sucked at life today. I had to brush my teeth. And so if my mom watched me, I did it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. But most of the time I didn't do it. And then I got cavities and my teeth were rotting and they had to go to the dentist and all this drama, right? But um, I wasn't taught how to like engage with the value of this. I'm sure they told me, but it never connected to me. And now that I've experienced all this drama, I'm like, listen, I brush. I, at this point, I am not kidding. I brush at least nine times a day right now. That's <laughs> horrible and true. I'm not exaggerating. That's because I'm Invisalign at the moment. So that's, you know, <laughs> but um, if I didn't have that, I was brushing every morning and every night and I floss every night and I use mouthwash and blah, blah. I didn't used to do any of that stuff as a kid, right? And now I do it all the time. Not because I have to, because I'm motivated. I'm motivated to not spend thousands of dollars on my teeth. I'm motivated to not have like gum disease or have to have someone shove needles into my gums and then drill into my face and I don't want to do that. And so brushing my teeth every night and flossing, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more affordable, but also it's a lot less painful, right? Anyway, this applies to everything. You guys, there's, there's a whole process to you and as you engage with certain levels of activity, especially when it comes to being productive or disciplined, some part of you will shift and adapt and it'll start becoming something that's easy. It will be something you won't even think about anymore. It'll become natural. So just those of you who are new or afraid of the subject, just know that that's true. It won't, you're not stuck this way. You just need to do it enough. And it's not long. It happens faster than you would think. Um, and fear, the fear of failure, the fear of loss would come and say, you can't do this. You'll never figure it out. It's always going to be this way. You're, you're different than everyone else. For some reason it clicks for people, but you can't get this. There's something wrong with you. You're lazy, you're selfish or whatever. And that can all feel really intense and strong. None of that is true. You're a human being. And one of the things that we're endowed with as humans that no other creature on the planet on the planet has is we can change our minds. We can intentionally consciously make choices that are against our impulses and our instincts and engage a new way of living that can stick. And the rest of us will adjust, we'll adopt, no, we'll adapt, we'll adopt it and we'll take it on as a new normal. We can do that. We can reinvent what's going on down here, which is awesome. And that's the point of today's episode. So that being said, when I hit like my late teens, early twenties and started working in the professional world, I had to figure out some disciplines that I did not have at the moment. Right. I was, I had a big personality. I had, I knew how to work with people. I had some skill in the social arena. Um, but I didn't have a ton of discipline when it came to spreadsheets <laughs> and following up with people and whatever, right. That wasn't super established in my life. Um, what I did have experience in was throwing parties and gathering people and leading groups and that kind of thing. And I learned discipline in that area because I was rewarded, right? I, I knew if I texted 40 people for a movie night or a party or something I had coming up, an event, probably not a movie night, that's a little intense, for like a party or some kind of whatever, right? If I texted 40 people, probably 20, no, probably 15 to 20 of them would come. Right. And not because they don't want to come. Maybe some of them don't care. Don't want to come. A lot of them are just busy. It doesn't work out time wise, whatever. So it just started becoming a numbers game. And I knew that. And so I would text, I would over invite people to come to an event I wanted to have. And sure enough, it would be well attended. And people are like, Mike, Mike, you throw great parties. And people always come to your things. I'm like, they're not coming to me because I'm special or because I've got a great personality. Those might be factors. And my relationship with the people is a factor. But I think a lot of it, the results came because I put the work in because I literally just turned the numbers over, you know, and I like, and I did the work. And I didn't mass text people or mass email or mass message. I individually invited every person and that's, that's work, right? And that's a discipline I still practice to this day um, because I know the results are worthwhile. When you do the group mass text thing or whatever, like 
when you invite a, a generic blob of people and you, it's not personal, like most people aren't gonna come because the value isn't there. I know people show up and I know I show up to stuff because of the personal connection and because of the value that's been attached to the invitation. If there's not value in it, I'm probably not gonna show up. When I get a group text about something randomly and it's not about me individually, I'm probably not gonna come. Usually I don't show up. I don't even look at the thing because it's so impersonal. Anyway, so I learned that stuff because the rewards were so obvious to me that I was willing to put in the work to get those results, right? So, and, that, and so that proved to me, I, that was, this was like the reckoning for me. I was like, I am not a lazy person. That's the thing that's crazy about this is like, I've been told I'm lazy like most of my life. That's actually not true. I'm not afraid of working hard. In fact, I'll work harder than everyone else around me. I just need to connect to why this is worth doing. I need vision for the task, right? And I think that's normal. So another bullet point I wanna throw in there, you guys, when it comes to being productive and making decisions about what's best for you and how you wanna go about you know, establishing habits or practices in your life, these habits slash practices must be connected to an end result you want. If you can't see what this is gonna do for you or why that matters, you're not gonna do the tasks. You might do them for three days, two days, four days, but eventually other things will become more important that you won't do the task. If you can connect, if I get up at five in the morning and I read in that time and I speak affirmations over myself and I eat breakfast and I stretch or whatever, this will make me feel and experience these things throughout the day on a regular basis and you do it enough, you convince yourself this is worth it, you do it long enough, eventually it will become obvious and you won't even think about it anymore and then you will want to go to bed earlier because you love the reward of what happens in the morning, right? That is something that has to be built. And again, like, for the record, I was a, a night owl my whole life. I never got up early unless I absolutely had to and even when I did, I hated it. I hated going to school because I had to wake up early. I hated that. If I could go to school at nine, I probably would have loved school. But I had to get up at like six in the morning or seven, seven in the morning for school. Anyway, I've, I've never been a morning person my entire life. And then I found The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, right? I think I talked about that. And now I'm a morning person and I'm insanely productive and I feel amazing in the morning and it's like such quality productive hours. I'm still a night owl. I just neglect that part of myself. I put that guy to bed way earlier than he wants to go to bed. My mind's going, I'm creative, I'm inspired, I'm thinking a ton at night. And I shut that down early on purpose because I want the morning and it's worthwhile to me. And I've seen that it's insanely productive. Um, and I also have noticed as a night owl, you spend a lot of time and energy at night doing things that are not productive, that don't produce value, that don't last past the evening, you know? And it's fun every once in a while to just blow it off with friends and whatever, but that's not a sustainable lifestyle choice for anybody that wants to build something that's gonna last, right? Anyway, so you start realizing like the payout is worth the sacrifice. If you can't connect to that, none of this is gonna work, right? Okay, so I wanna talk about some practical things when it comes to productivity hacks I wanna give you guys. Things that I had to learn at a pretty like pass, a fast, rapid pace in order to get results I wanted in my life. Um, one of the hardest things that I was most intimidated about when it came to discipline and practice was time management. That felt like a very daunting task to me. I, for a while, I could not believe that I could figure it out. I knew other people were disciplined and they had their rhythm, their schedule, their routine, and I could not understand why that was worth it to people. I'm like, why would you live like that? How can you possibly force yourself to do this and do that and this and not, and then say no to this for that? I didn't get it. It didn't make any sense to me for a long time. It wasn't until I was in like second year in BSSM that I finally started realizing there was a way to do this. I didn't actually figure it out, but I knew I, I started having vision for how I could because they actually went through it in school and they gave us some time management 
tools, which I was like, wow, this is awesome. I didn't come to the school for this, but I'm so glad they're giving it to me. It was super helpful. Um, and there was a, a value shift that had to happen. I had to stop giving all my time to people who wanted it. I had to stop hanging out with my friends for all hours of the night every night. You know, I just stopped like extending a lunch hour with somebody when I had other things I needed to get to. I started to have to be more intentional and put forethought into my day. What do I want to see happen today? What's important to me? And then based on my priorities, I would then allot the time for each thing and make adjustments accordingly, right? Um, so I had to start planning ahead, which, okay, planning ahead, also not a forte of mine. I didn't want to do it. It felt like a waste of time. It felt like, oh God, I'm going to spend time in my present planning for another time and then that time's going to happen. And like, what? And I, again, it took a while to even like get on board emotionally that that would be worthwhile to me, right? When I started experiencing the benefits of planning ahead and how much more like emotionally stable I felt, how much like clearer I was, how much more like in sync with myself I was, how much more I was able to show up in any given moment. I was like, oh my gosh, planning ahead, so much more rewarding than I thought, right? Really valuable. Um, so as I started learning these tasks, or sorry, these um, values, the tasks then started showing up to support them. Um, so for example, when it comes to time management, um, you guys, you want to figure out what matters to you, whether it's the day, the week, the month, the year, the lifetime, what matters? You want to spend some time actually looking at this and having that conversation. Um, in the business world, I hear a lot of guys uh, talk about, and I don't think they're being um, dramatic. People will spend more time planning out their two week vacation than they will spend it planning out their entire life. Seriously. It's crazy. That sounds absurd when I say it right now, but that's true. And some of you listening slash watching this right now, that's true about you. You'll spend more time planning a weekend trip with your friends, a shopping trip, a snowboarding trip or whatever, than you will like planning your life. You know what I mean? Like who you want to be in three years from now, in five years, in 10 years, what you want to accomplish, what you want to build, what you want your life to look like, what kind of person. Like you'll spend more time planning the trip than you will your life because the trip feels attainable and your life just feels like this amorphous blob that's on it, like you can't wrap your mind around it. That's not true. And so here's the deal. Start as small as you have to. That's what I found to be super helpful. So if you can't see 10 years from now, but you can see seven weeks from now, plan out the next seven weeks. If the next seven days feels daunting, then start with the first seven days or the next three days or tomorrow or the next hour, whatever. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to just like make this as practical as possible. Reduce it to whatever capacity you can actually like have vision for and then decide within the time you're looking at what matters to you. What would you like to see at the other end of that time spent? Do you want to have spent 17 hours this week watching Netflix? Is that like something you actually do want to do? And I'm not condemning that. Maybe you do want to. And sometimes that's a thing. That's great. Then map out what do you want to watch? What shows do you want to see? Are you just going to randomly scroll through and just grab whatever's there? Or do you want to intentionally like curate your diet of what you're going to be taking in from Netflix, right? As an example, um, are there certain people in your life you would like to have a sustainable relationship with? If so, do they have space in your calendar? Are they actually like represented in your priorities and the way you plan out your week or your days or whatever? Like these are things we all want to learn, right? Start as low as, or as like short-sighted as you can or as you have to in order to actually have vision for it and then just start from there and do it over and over and over again. The repetition will develop a vision and a, like a stability that you'll start to be able to see further and further and further into the future. And you do this in steps, right? So I can see about two years into the future right now. That's not true. In some ways I can see like 10, 20, 30 years into the future. In other ways I can only see about two. You know, it depends on the thing. So I plan according to as far as I can see. And I think that that's really helpful to know. I don't think people have told me that, but that's permission I've had to give myself and I found it to be very productive. So um, there's that. Um, another thing that I had to look at was managing my sleep and managing my diet and managing the way I took care of my body, the physical aspect of my life. I used to not eat. <laughs> 
Um, not intentionally. I just was so busy and so like engaged and motivated with my social life and my goals and things I wanted to experience in my day that food became a secondary priority. And I like neglected it at times. And my best friend growing up um, in high school, his mom was a nurse and she was concerned about my nutrition because she felt like I was thinner than I should be because I wasn't like taking care of myself. And so she legitimately had some conversations with me a few times and I was like, why are we talking about this? And I felt kind of weird in hindsight. I'm like, man, she saw something other people weren't seeing and she cared about me enough to say something about that. And that was true. I was not eating enough. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Um, and so something as practical and as simple as that, I had to learn like, Hey, when I eat, I don't get cranky. My emotions don't get strung out. I don't, I sleep better. Um, I can show up more in a given moment. I'm not as stressed. Like it's actually worth it to take the time to feed my body. So the rest of the time after that, I can actually show up super helpful. It's worth it to get seven, eight, nine hours of sleep every night and to plan accordingly so that I can be rejuvenated for the next day. And I started noticing a correlation. When I don't get enough sleep, my emotions and my experiences with people, not as fun, <laughs> not as rewarding. I couldn't go as deep in my own heart. Like it was hard to do those things. Stupid little things would bother me more if I didn't get enough sleep. Like you started learning this stuff, right? So you start getting a grid for what you need on a physical level and then learning how to take care of that stuff and prioritizing it, right? And then when it comes to goals, you guys, and accomplishing things that you want to see in your life, um, there are things there. And the thing is like, I'm not interested in this episode. Sorry. I wanted to say this at the beginning. This is not like a, a how to, this is not a, a complete comprehensive list. This is talking about the emotion and the psychology behind values for being productive. When you establish, cause there are so many tools and teachings and trainings and speakers out there that have so many helpful things for this arena. There's no point in me trying to do that cause there are so many books out there to help you. Um, I'll give you a couple right now. Um, the compound effect by Darren Hardy helpful has got some great tips. Eat that frog by Brian Tracy. That one's very practical, breaks it down very simply. Um, I probably have some other books I can think of. If you guys want some information on that, shoot me an email at contact at mikemeshow.com. Ask for books. I can send you things I can think of later. Um, anyway, so establishing habits, you guys will put you on a train track that will build momentum and will start producing results that you don't have to think about anymore. Uh, we want to get to a place where we actually um, moderate our habits. Cause here's the thing. It's not that some people have habits and some people don't. We all have habits. Some people are thoughtful and intentional about the kind of habits they have. And other people are victims and reactionary to the habits they've allowed to get built. This person you are is a forest. <laughs> it's steam. It's electricity. There's energy here. It's power and it's supposed to, and it, it'll move. It just needs to be directed. It needs to be governed, subdued, if you will. So when we start getting intentional and thoughtful about the kinds of habits we want to build, what time we want to go to bed, how we want to spend our time, how we want to communicate, what kind of information we're taking in, you know, like the people we associate with, all these different things affect the productivity in our lives. What, are, what kind of contribution are we bringing to the world? How much of that do we want to do? How good at it do we want to be? And you start that when you start looking at these things, it starts shifting what you pay attention to, what you value, what you'll spend your time on. I go to conferences like two to three times a year at this point just to develop me. It's not even for any specific industry necessarily. It's for me as a, as a leader, as a business owner, as a, an adult in 2020, how do I help this guy become more effective, more informed, more competent at what he's doing, right? Um, my value for that has increased over the years because I've seen what happens when you actually invest in yourself in that place, right? So these values all come from, what do you want? So we want to take some time get into it, look at what do you want to accomplish in your life and then figure out what are the tasks that need to be done in order for that to take place and then build habits, build routine, build practical recurring choices that you're making daily, weekly, monthly, whatever for those things to come to pass. 
productivity is here to help you. It is not a challenge to be overcome. It's not an enemy to be de defeated. It is a, your best friend to help you move toward the things that you've been asked to fulfill in your life. Productivity and habits are here to support your dreams, not to get in the way. And when you like make your peace with them and you learn how to like cooperate and say yes, they will actually bring so much more impact and value to all the things you currently enjoy. Seriously. Um, so we want to make friends with productivity, with discipline, with habits. Okay. Um, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, if you have any questions or things you want to hear on this podcast, please shoot me an email at contact at mikemayashiro.com. We'd love your suggestions or questions. I will read those. My team reads them. Either way, we'll get across them and we will respond. Um, if you want to give a five-star review to this podcast, we'd love that. Um, if it's sincere, please, like that helps. And please subscribe to the podcast. I want you guys to join us and catch up what's coming up next. Our next episode is going to be on the subject of prosperity. Not necessarily money, although obviously that's relevant. I want to talk about prosperity as a whole. How does it affect us? What does it touch? What are the attitudes? What, is, what do you do that's opposed to prosperity? Um, fascinating subject. I've been mentored in this for the last several years. I've learned some fascinating things I have not read in books from people who walk this out. Emotional, relational things that come out of the subject matter. Super cool, that'll be our next episode. Um, thank you guys for chiming in. We'll see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you wanna see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out mikemyashiro.com.